The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, July 21st, 2022. Coming up this hour... Mario Draghi resigns as Italian Prime Minister. We are live in Europe with the latest. The ECB gets ready to join central banks in raising rates. Tesla shares rise after earnings top estimates. The growing number of companies slam the brakes on hiring. And the January 6th hearings go primetime. The heat advisory extended to Sunday night. And Donald Trump returns to New York for his ex-wife's funeral. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stash. Aaron Sports. The Yankees return from the All-Star break. They play a day-night doubleheader with the Astros in Houston. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. U.S. futures are a little changed this morning. S&P futures are down about four points. Dow futures down 66. And NASDAQ futures, again, little change. The 10-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds, yield 3.04%. Nathan. Karen, we begin with turmoil in the Italian government. Prime Minister Mario Draghi is resigning. The former European Central Bank chief announced his decision to President Sergio Mattarella in a meeting earlier this morning. Bloomberg News senior editor in Italy, Gerald Colton, says the resignation raises the prospect of snap elections. Elections are almost certainly the next step. Traditionally here in Italy, elections take place in the spring to allow business to go on in Parliament, particularly the budget. Uh, In this case, we'll probably have something unprecedented. We'll probably have elections in the fall, either the last weekend in September or the first in October would be the most likely time. Bloomberg News senior editor in Italy, Gerald Colton, says the market reaction has been swift. The country's benchmark stock index is down 1.5%. Benchmark 10-year Italian bond yields are surging. Well, Nathan, the Drazi, Draghi resignation comes as the European Central Bank gets ready to raise interest rates. And we go to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's U.N. Pots. Good morning, U.N. 
Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Will it be 25 or will it be 50? The European Central Bank today set to raise interest rates for the first time in 11 years, joining peers around the world in confronting an historic spike in inflation. With soaring prices across the 19-nation eurozone, the ECB may even deviate from the guidance it set by considering a hike of double the planned quarter point. We'll find out later today. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Ewan. In Asia, the Bank of Japan left its interest rates unchanged. We get that story from Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis. The BOJ put its concern about growth ahead of any potential implications for the yen. It locks in an outlier stance of the BOJ compared with other central banks desperately fighting inflation. A downgrade in the growth forecast comes amid new COVID cases at home and lockdowns in China. What the BOJ is saying is you need a solid recovery to make inflation sustainable. And that means lower for longer. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thank you all. Turning to corporate earnings, shares at Tesla up almost 3% in early trading. The EV market leader reported second quarter earnings that beat Wall Street estimates. Tesla also sold a significant chunk of its stake in Bitcoin, converting roughly 75% of its Bitcoin into fiat currency. CEO Elon Musk talked about it in a conference call with analysts. We are certainly open to uh, increasing our Bitcoin holdings in future. Um, so this should not be taken as some... Uh, verdict on Bitcoin. Uh, it's just that uh, uh, we were concerned about overall liquidity for the company given COVID shutdowns in China. Tesla CEO Elon Musk said the company has been through, quote, supply chain hell, but he signaled optimism Tesla can achieve record volume over the rest of the year. Well, a growing number of companies are slamming the brakes on hiring, Karen, and Bloomberg's Renita Young has more on that. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Microsoft, Google, and Lyft are some of the latest companies to freeze hiring as recession fears loom, inflation mounts, the war in Ukraine continues, and the lingering pandemic takes a toll. Microsoft is eliminating many job openings. Google's pausing hiring for the next two weeks. Lyft is shutting down a division and trimming jobs. Meantime, Bloomberg sources say Ford is preparing to cut as many as 8,000 jobs in the coming weeks. The automaker is trying to boost profits to fund its push into the electric vehicle market. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. The news of the slowdown in corporate hiring comes as the Labor Department gets ready to issue weekly jobless claims data. Economists are forecasting claims will remain elevated after setting a record low earlier in the year. And Bloomberg's Vinnie Del Judice reports. In the prior report, jobless claims rose to 244,000, the highest since November. Bloomberg Economics says this year's increase may set the stage for a broader labor market slowdown. The four-week average for jobless claims has been moving steadily higher, too. Also today, the conference board issues June's index of leading economic indicators. It's dropped in four of the past five months, signaling a slowdown. Vinny Dow, Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Vinny. In political news, President Biden says he could speak with China's Xi Jinping within 10 days. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. A whole plate full of issues, but this does come as the U.S. has said publicly it is thinking about rolling back some of the tariffs in effort to possibly ease inflation pressures. But White House sources have downplayed that issue now, saying that Biden wants to talk Ukraine and China's seeming support of Russia, along with human rights issues in Hong Kong and Xinjiang, as well as relations with Taiwan. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. And thank you. The committee investigating the assault of the U.S. Capitol plans to proceed with a primetime hearing tonight. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our 991 newsroom in Washington.
The committee is set to hold the televised hearing at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be the eighth hearing since June and the second in prime time. Republican Adam Kinzinger and Democrat Elaine Luria will lead the hearing, aiming to show that the former president deliberately chose not to intervene during the attack on the Capitol. They'll walk through what was going on in the West Wing during and after the attack and what happened the next day. Videotaped testimony of former White House counsel Pat Cipollone will play a crucial role in tonight's hearing. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thank you. S&P futures are down four points. Dow futures down 72. NASDAQ futures are higher now by eight points. The 10-year Treasury is down 430 seconds, yield 3.04%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. At 6.07 on Wall Street, we're at 80 degrees in Central Park. Southbound 287 is closed after Route 17 for an accident. More on that coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker trying to stay cool in New York. It's tough, John. Well, yeah, the heat is on, Nathan. Heat advisory remains in effect until Sunday night. And Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carlin joins us this morning with more. John, it's the heat that's been in the central United States that's had a chance to move in over the area, and it will hang around. Now, we have a weak funnel system headed our way. That'll trigger some showers and thunderstorms this afternoon, some of which could be strong. It leads to it not being as humid tomorrow, but it's still hot. And then the heat peaks over the weekend. We're 95 to near 100 by the time we get to Sunday, John. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn this morning. The operator of a major pipeline from Russia to Europe says natural gas has started flowing again. The pipeline is Germany's main source of Russian gas. Now, Bloomberg's Steven Stavinsky says they're now watching closely to see just how much gas actually comes through the pipeline. There is this fear that, yes, we're at 40% right now, but how long will this last? Can you trust Putin? Can you trust Gazprom? Can you trust Russia to keep the gas flowing through this vital transit point? You look at what he's been saying, and he said that if he doesn't get this vital part, then he's going to reduce flows not from 40%, now down to 20% as soon as next week. And that causes more distress for the European region. German officials had fear the pipeline might not reopen at all. Former President Donald Trump was in Manhattan yesterday for the funeral of his ex-wife, Ivana Trump. More from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet this morning. John Trump joined all his children, other relatives, and friends at St. Vincent for our Roman Catholic Church on Manhattan's Upper East Side for Ivana's funeral mass. Writing on his social media platform, Truth Social, Trump called it a very sad day, but at the same time, a celebration of a wonderful and beautiful life. Ivana and Donald Trump's three children, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric, stood with their father and their families as the gold-toned casket was carried from the church. John. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Well, Pfizer will spend $470 million to expand its vaccine research facilities 25 miles northwest of New York City, where the company hopes to maintain its edge in the booming field of messenger RNA, the technology behind its blockbuster COVID-19 shot. The drug maker will construct a new building and renovate existing facilities at its campus in Pearl River. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, John. 
Almost 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. The Yankees and Astros have become a rivalry. Even though Houston's only been an American League team for a decade, but the Astros have beaten the Yanks in the postseason three times. Of course, accused of banging trash cans and sign stealing. And this season, they are the two best in the AL. Could very well be facing off in October again. The two teams return to the All-Star break and play a day-night doubleheader in Houston. Makeups from the lockout. Yankees are 64-28. and 28. And Aaron Judge was asked the reason for their success. Just consistency. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, just this team staying consistent. You know, that's one thing we were able to do all year. You know, when it, it doesn't matter who we're playing, you know, if it's the, you know, best team in the AL or if it's, you know, the team in last place, we're going to go out there and, you know, try to win every single game, win every single series. And I think that's one thing that's helped separate us this year from last year. Judge has 33 home runs. That's how many Roger Maris had at this time when he finished 1961 with 61 homers. Mets return for the break tomorrow. City Field versus San Diego. James Harden traded by Brooklyn to Philadelphia. He declined a $47 million option. He's now re-signed with the Sixers. He'll make less, but can be a free agent again next year. The 49ers last year traded up, drafted Trey Lance to be their quarterback. The incumbent QB, Jimmy Garoppolo, has now recovered from shoulder surgery, and the Niners have told his agent to try and work out a trade. Seattle, Houston, and Cleveland seen as possible destinations. Giants begin training camp next week. The Giants' news is that for two home games this season, they will wear the uniforms they wore back in the 1980s and 90s. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. S&P futures now down two points. Dow futures down 58. NASDAQ futures moving higher now up 18 points. Ten-year treasury down 6.30 seconds. The yield 3.04%. The euro 1.0188 against the dollar ahead of an ECB decision and political turmoil in Italy. Bloomberg opinion columnist Marcus Ashworth joins us next. Bloomberg 1130 weather, heat advisory through 8 p.m. Sunday. We could have strong thunderstorms this afternoon going up to the low 90s. Low 90s tomorrow, mid-90s Saturday could hit 100 by Sunday. Right now, 80 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. European stocks are steady with U.S. stock index futures as investors brace for the European Central Bank's first interest rate hike in 11 years while Russia resumes sending gas to Europe through a key pipeline, dispelling investors' worst fears. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures, they're a little changed. Dow futures down 55 and NASDAQ futures higher up 26. The DAX in Germany is down a third of a percent. The 10-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds, yield 3.04 percent. Yield on the two-year, 3 NYMEX crude oil is down about 5% on $4.79 at $95.09 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 1.2% or $20 at $16.97.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.0187 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1952. And the yen at 138.71. And looking at Bitcoin, it's down 1.1% at $22,995. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. Good morning, Karen. President Biden today will announce investments in new efforts to improve community policing and crime prevention. Russia's biggest pipeline to Europe, Nord Stream 1, has restarted. The committee investigating the assault on the Capitol plans to proceed with a primetime hearing tonight. Mario Draghi resigns as Italy's prime minister, throwing that country into turmoil. Sports Major League Baseball returns to action tonight after the All-Star break. 
Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, John. Thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak on a morning of high drama in Europe. We bring in Bloomberg opinion columnist Marcus Ashworth on Italian Prime Minister Draghi's resignation just as his uh, former body, the ECB, gets ready for a key policy decision. Marcus, good morning. What a confluence of events. Uh, what could Draghi's resignation mean for the Eurozone more broadly? Oh, um, well, it could mean a lot. Or at the moment, it's uh, he's going to hang around till October um, when as a caretaker. And, you know, this is Italian politics. He could well come back. So don't count him out completely yet. But he has had his resignation formally accepted by the uh, uh, President Mattarella, which means that, you know, this in theory is the end and there will be an election on October the 6th. Obviously, Italian bonds didn't take it very well, having rallied hard yesterday. They've collapsed today. Uh, still not uh, at levels seen uh, perhaps, uh, you know, last month in June, which was, you know, really uh, quite scary at one point. Ten-year yields got over 4.2%. 4, 4. So we're not at those levels yet, but we are waiting for the ECB and their anti-fragmentation tool, i.e. a new safety net. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to be called QE. It's, it's exactly like QE in every shape, form, or size, apart from the fact they tell you that it's not. Nonetheless, if that's a proper safety net, as in an unlimited one, then I think Italian bonds will probably relax and, and we can calm down. Uh, we also got a, the, the first rate hike today. It's all coming at the same time. It's crazy for the moment. Um, don't panic too much. <laughs> Could this anti-fragmentation tool that we're expecting from the ECB today apply to the ongoing turmoil in Italian politics? I mean, Italian political turmoil is uh, almost uh, par for the course in some ways, isn't it? You've got to the nub of it there. And I, I, it basically, if the ECB has a really tricky problem here and trying to portray that any safety net is not monetary financing, they're not just simply uh, bailing out a government uh, which is not, you know, in control of its finances. And that's going to be the really tricky one. Is there going to be some form of uh, political and economic uh, underwriting of, of when this uh, particular tool can be used, or is it blind to all these def- different things? Who gets to interpret that? Uh, and that is going to be a very, very difficult thing for obviously Germany to and other uh, more sort of uh, austere countries as when it comes to financial policies. Um, how they take it, how they react to it, you know, it, could there be a 50 basis point rate a hike to, you know, perhaps bribe them into accepting a, a more comprehensive safety net? Or there also is a possibility we don't get the full details today uh, or not sufficient details for the market. It's a long summer to go. The next proper meeting won't be till September um, when we are expecting a bigger rate hike. But the point here is, is that you know, President Lagarde has got to deliver on a number of different fronts today under a very difficult uh, political backdrop. Um, the chances of it all going wrong and Italian yields blowing out are clearly very high, but she's going to have to do a very good, big, confident job uh, telling us all that everything's going to be fine. Since you brought up the debate over whether we're going to see 50 basis points or 25, let's get into that a little bit. What is the case for the ECB to sort of blow past its guidance and deliver a bigger hike? Well, it's only themselves. Like always, they're always getting their own way, and they could really step elegantly out this and claim their days are dependent and uh, but they do that it means the whole forward guidance shtick and the whole way they've approached everything up to now are very clearly laying things out 
would be blown out the water and that would be embarrassing and also would make it seem that uh, President Lagarde and uh, her chief economist Philip Lane, who are more on the dovish end, have been overruled and outvoted. So um, I, therefore, I think they probably will stick with 25 basis points, even though I believe, like most people, they should go 50. So, um, you know, all, all to play for here. And, and as I said, it's not the most important thing today is whether the word unlimited is used with this uh, anti-fragmentation tools. If it's not and it's couched in terms which make it uh, unlikely that certain countries will, will take it and use it or be allowed to or will be challenged legally, then the whole effect could go unwind. And that probably is more important than whether it's 25 or 50. In our last uh, less than a minute here, Marcus, what about the uh, energy uncertainty with the uh, Nord Stream pipeline at least partially getting flows back going? Uh, how does that factor into whatever the ECB decides? Well, it's just Armageddon delayed. I mean, I think obviously they'll be grateful for that. They won't and shouldn't take too much comfort for it. We know it can turn back off again. There's still the turbine sort of refurbishment issue to play for. Uh, but at the moment, it just looks like, as as we most people expect, there's a little bit of mind games here or game theory going from Russia. They have turned, have turned it back on. That's the short-term good news. Does it mean there will be any chance of getting up to proper capacity by the winter time? Uh, it's still very much open and, and to play for. So it's just, you know, it could have been worse today. It could not have started. And the fact that it has is, is, I suppose, a small good news, but there's an awful lot more to happen. It's going to be a busy day. Yeah, busy summer, as you alluded to. Thank you, Marcus. Great having you on with us. Marcus Ashworth of Bloomberg Opinion. Check out more from our opinion columnist, OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal or NI Ashworth Go. See everything Marcus is contributing uh, as part of our team of opinion columnists on the Bloomberg Terminal. Right now, S&P futures, little change, down a point. Dow futures down 51. NASDAQ futures are higher by 24 points. Ten-year Treasury down 5.30 seconds. The yield 3.04%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather. The heat wave continues. Heat advisory till 8 p.m. Sunday. Today, we could see some strong storms. Right now, it's 80 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers symbol IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, we turn to Italy, where Prime Minister Mario Draghi has offered his resignation to Italy's president. The move comes as the European Central Bank is set to raise interest rates today. Bloomberg News Senior Editor in Italy, Gerald Colton, says it makes the ECB meeting all the more important. It underscores the fragility of countries like Italy. You can see that the bond uh, the bond market has closely tracked uh, the stability of the Draghi government. Draghi has been seen as a sort of a guarantor of, of stability for for Italy and for, you know, and for the weaker countries in, in uh, the European Union at large. It raises the stakes for what's happening today. 
Bloomberg News Senior Editor Gerald Colton says elections are the next step in Italy, likely to take place later this year. Well, turning to U.S. corporate earnings, Karen, shares of Tesla are up 3.5% in early trading. The EV leader's second quarter earnings beat Wall Street estimates. Morningstar, energy and resources equity analyst Seth Goldstein has more on the company's outlook this year. A few surprises, no announcements of new vehicle delays or anything. The 4680 cells are still ramping up. So all in all, just another quarter where Tesla will continue to execute, and I expect things to improve throughout the rest of the year. Well, learning star Seth Goldstein says lockdowns in China do pose a threat to Tesla this year. Meanwhile, a growing number of companies are slamming the brakes on hiring. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with more on that story. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Microsoft, Google, and Lyft are some of the latest companies to freeze hiring. As recession fears loom, inflation mounts, the war in Ukraine continues, and the lingering pandemic takes a toll. Microsoft is eliminating many job openings. Google's pausing hiring for the next two weeks. Lyft is shutting down a division and trimming jobs. Meanwhile, Bloomberg sources say Ford is preparing to cut as many as 8,000 jobs in the coming weeks. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Renita. And the news of the slowdown in corporate hiring comes as the Labor Department gets ready to issue weekly jobless claims data. Economists forecast claims will remain elevated after they set a record low earlier this year. And AT&T crossing the Bloomberg right now. It's earnings, second quarter profit, beating analyst estimates. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. We're at 633 on Wall Street, 79 degrees in Central Park with that heat advisory. All week long. Still dealing with an accident southbound 287. It's closed after Route 17. John Tucker has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. John? And if you were looking for a quick relief from soaring temperatures, Nathan, forget about it. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn says we will be approaching triple digits. John, the tri-state area now under a heat advisory until 8 p.m. Sunday. It is going to be very uncomfortable over the next couple of days. Tomorrow is the best day out of the next four because the humidity falls a little bit, but it's still very hot. Big issue today, not only the heat, but the potential for afternoon showers and thunderstorms, some of which may be strong with heavy rain, vivid lightning, and gusty winds. And by Sunday, we could see parts of the tri-state area near 100. John? Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Civil engineers and transit authorities say the heat is threatening rail networks. Amtrak imposed heat-related speed restrictions within its northeast corridor. The pharmaceutical giant Pfizer expanding its facilities in New York. More of that story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Pfizer will spend $470 million to expand its vaccine research facilities 25 miles northwest of the city. The drug maker will construct a new building and renovate existing facilities on its campus in Pearl River. That has been the nexus of laboratory research driving its vaccine programs, including the one for COVID in partnership with BioNTech. The company hopes to maintain its edge in the booming field of messenger RNA. Jeff Bellinger. Bloomberg Daybreak. Russia is moving to annex occupied Ukrainian territories. The Kremlin in a dash to hold referendums in those areas occupied by its troops to give grounds for President Putin to absorb them into Russia. 
Sources tell Bloomberg it could come as early as September. Meantime, Russia started sending gas through its biggest pipeline to Europe. The resumption of exports will provide some relief for the continent that's racing to store the fuel before winter. For now, it may also ease fears about massive economic damage to the European Union. And a healthy majority of Americans don't want to see either Joe Biden or former President Trump run again in 2024. This according to a Quinnipiac University poll. Biden's approval rating fell to 31 percent. Fully 64 percent of Americans don't want to see Trump make another White House bid, according to the poll. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has a Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. Yankees and Astros were supposed to start the season in Houston. That series put off due to the lockout. Yanks went there a few weeks ago for one game. They're back today for a day-night doubleheader. These two far and away, the two best teams in the American League. They could certainly be meeting in October, and if so, it would almost certainly be for the pennant. Astros have ended the Yanks' season three times since 2015, twice in the ALCS. It's been so far a storybook season for Aaron Judge. 33 home runs and playing for a team that is 64 and 28. There's still a long way to go. You know, this team and, you know, myself, we set ourselves up for a good position. Um, but there's still a lot of baseball to play. There's still a lot of games to play, you know. So the minute I sit back here and, you know, sit back in a comfy chair and say, wow, like, you know, we got 30 homers, we got this and that, then someone's going to pass you or next team's going to, you know, start creeping up on you in the standings. So I just... You gotta keep your, you gotta keep the blinders on. Mets return from the All-Star break tomorrow at home against San Diego. Jacob deGrom today will throw a simulated game, pushed back a couple of days, but the hope is that the next time deGrom's on the mound, it's his Mets season debut. James Harden staying in Philadelphia, acquired in a trade with the Nets. He declined a $47 million option, signed for less, but he can be a free agent again next year. As for the Nets, trying to decide what to do. Kevin Durant wants to be traded. Will they keep Kyrie Irving? And the Knicks said to be attempting to acquire Donovan Mitchell from Utah, but the latest word on that is that the Jazz are in no hurry. Miles Bridges, Charlotte's leading scorer last season, was in court yesterday, pleading not guilty to three felony domestic violence charges. The 49ers have told quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo's agent to try and work out a trade as they make room for Trey Lance. The Giants announced they'll wear throwback uniforms twice next season. Golf Henrik Stenson joined the Saudi back live tour. He's now had his job of European Ryder Cup captain taken away. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. For that, we're joined this morning by Bloomberg Markets Live reporter Heather Burke. Heather, good morning. Sounds like Tesla investors liked what they heard from earnings last night. Yeah, hi. So Tesla's up about 3.5%. Um, so the electric vehicle maker reported second quarter profit that beat, and it kept its production forecast for 50% average annual growth over a multi-year horizon. Um, Musk said that the company was going through supply chain hell, but it believes that it can emerge from it in the second half of the year. Um, the flip side to that is some crypto-exposed stocks, such as MicroStrategy and Coinbase, are dropping in pre-market trading. Um, that's because Bitcoin extended declines after Tesla disclosed that it sold the majority of its holdings during the second quarter. Yeah, not surprising to see that kind of move after that sort of eyeball-raising announcement from Elon Musk. Uh, Karen also just mentioned moments ago we got earnings from uh, AT&T and earnings beat. How's that stock doing? It's down a little bit. Um, so the exceeded the estimates on profit and wireless subscriber groups. 
because of deep growth because of deep discounts on new phones, um, even though you know, bills are getting more expensive, but the company lowered its uh, free cash flow forecast because of higher spending on those promotions and network gear. Okay. Uh, and we got some other earnings as well, including uh, Alcoa, another earnings beat there. Yeah. Um, so they are up about 5 6%. Um, so it's aluminum producer. Their adjusted EBITDA topped average analyst estimates, and they also announced an additional $500 million authorization for future repurchases. And uh, some news from uh, Carnival, a share offering for the uh, cruise line? Yes, they are down like 11% in pre-market trading, and also their UK shares have been down. So they are launching a $1 billion share offering. It's one of the largest U.S. equity raises to date. Um, It has to help uh, address its 2023 debt maturities. And uh, finally, Heather, a muted outlook from United Airlines. Yeah, so they are limiting flying for the rest of this year and curtailing its growth plans next year because they're trying to get a handle on the flight disruptions that have roiled the industry. That being said, it continues to expect profits amid robust travel demand. So these two factors are really weighing on airline stocks. Okay, thank you. As always, Bloomberg Markets Live reporter Heather Burke. Check out more of her work on the Markets Live blog, MLIVGO, MLive on the Bloomberg Terminal. Looking ahead to the market open, uh, S&P futures, little changed, down one point. Dow futures down 53. NASDAQ futures are higher, just a bit, up 26 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 230 seconds, yield 3.03%, yield on the two-year 3.22%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather heat advisory through 8 p.m. Sunday. Strong storms possible this afternoon, low 90s. Sunshine, low 90s tomorrow. Could hit 100 by Sunday. Right now, 79 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. S&P futures are moving lower this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Overall, U.S. futures trading mixed right now with Dow futures lower by 78 points. Like you said, S&Ps are down. Well, NASDAQ futures are higher by nine. The U.S. 10-year-old at 3.04 percent. Gold is down 12. Oil is also under pressure. And Bitcoin is down by 1.2 percent. Hong Kong fell 1.5% overnight while European markets are trading mixed this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, initial jobs claims and Philly Fed. After the bell last night, Tesla EPS beat estimates. It also sold a chunk of its stake in Bitcoin. And regarding earnings this morning, AT&T EPS beat estimates. Also look for Philip Morris and Union Pacific to report in the pre-market. In other news, Carnival is selling a billion in stock. And wrapping things up, DocuSign was cut to underweight over at Piper. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John? And Karen, the committee investigating the assault on the Capitol plans to proceed with a primetime hearing tonight. Mario Draghi resigns as Italy's prime minister, throwing that country into turmoil. And Russia's biggest pipeline to Europe, Nord Stream 1, has restarted. Sports Major League Baseball returns to action tonight after the All-Star break. 
Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. It is 648 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report, and number 14 in the nation on Money's Best Colleges list. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Tesla has sold a significant chunk of its stake in Bitcoin. The electric car maker's $1.5 billion investment in the cryptocurrency last year helped legitimize it. In a shareholder letter out Wednesday, Tesla said it has converted roughly 75% of its Bitcoin into fiat currency. A Bitcoin impairment hurt second quarter profit. China has fined ride-hailing giant Didi Global more than $1.2 billion. That wraps up a year-long investigation that symbolized Beijing's tough campaign to rein in its powerful Internet industry. Last year, Didi pushed ahead with an IPO in the U.S. against the government's wishes. And on the 53rd anniversary of the Apollo 11 lunar landing, NASA announced yesterday it's shooting for a late August launch of its giant new moon rocket. NASA will attempt the more than month-long lunar test flight with three mannequins but no astronauts. The 30-story space launch system rocket and attached Orion capsule are currently in the hangar at Kennedy Space Center following repairs stemming from last month's countdown test. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Small step for mannequins. All right, Karen. Thank you. 6.50 on Wall Street. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden seeing a call with China's Xi Jinping in the next 10 days. The president to propose a new policing plan with worries about crime on the rise. And Democrats making new bids to ban assault weapons, support same-sex marriage, and today decriminalize marijuana. Also making news, the final primetime hearing set for the House January 6th committee. Let's get a preview now from Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. And, Jack, I suspect the number we are going to hear a lot tonight from the January 6th committee is 187. Yes, that is the number of minutes uh, of inaction that they are highlighting from Donald Trump at the time. Uh, they'll be sort of zeroing in on what he didn't do to help, uh, including the the long delay before he put out a video message uh, asking people to go home. So this will be a, a hearing very focused on Trump's inaction or some actions and why the committee feels that he uh, was derelict of duty on January 6th and, and really zeroing in on the primary uh, character they're focused on rather than the peripheral people. They have two Trump aides who were, will testify, and uh, as we've seen in uh, other hearings, a lot of videos from the interviews they've done with others. Now, the committee up to now had uh, sort of telegraphed that this was going to be a culmination, this final primetime hearing, but they're still investigating, right? I mean, they're still getting information coming in. Yeah, it's less clear exactly how the committee is going to wrap things up now. It, it, there's potential for more hearings. They're, they could continue talking to people. There's the outstanding questions of the missing Secret Service text messages. Um, it, it said just over the course of the last 
couple hearings, there's been enough news uh, to sort of motivate uh, the the thought that they could continue this. It, how they wrap it up exactly is not clear. They still plan to do a report in September, but that's more likely to be an interim report than a final report. And we don't know exactly when to expect any criminal referrals going to the Justice Department, which really would be that would be the 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 biggest culmination of all of this. Uh, but there's not really a timeline for this to be wrapped up just yet. All right. Well, we'll see how this uh, final primetime hearing goes, at least this tranche. We'll have live coverage for you uh, this evening starting 8 p.m. Wall Street time right here on Bloomberg Radio. In the meantime, Jack, uh, President Biden's back from that climate announcement in Massachusetts and making some news about uh, his plans to have a conversation once again with the president of China. Yeah, uh, President Biden said he expects to speak with Xi Jinping uh, within the next day, uh, next 10 days. Uh, so it, it, it raised a lot of questions about, uh, one, China hasn't, the Chinese government hasn't uh, confirmed that. It's not on the schedule yet, uh, but it's a, obviously a major bilateral relationship. It, it raises questions about uh, Trump tariffs and if the, the Trump administration tariffs are going to be eased off at all or if there will be a conversation about that given the inflation numbers that we've seen and the pressure that tariffs can create, uh, the the relationship with Russia and frustration that China didn't join other countries in uh, in pressuring Russia due to their uh, invasion of Ukraine. Uh, climate is a major one. Uh, we haven't gotten confirmation of, you know, the timing or uh, exactly what the agenda is, but the fact that President Biden himself says he expects this call to happen is very significant. Yeah, and even if uh, tariffs don't necessarily come up directly, Jack, I mean, there are, as you allude to, a lot of uh, pressure points between the U.S. and China, particularly with these reports that uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi might be thinking of going to Taiwan next month. Yes, uh, that actually was planned even earlier uh, in the spring, and Pelosi got COVID, and that put it off. Biden just said yesterday that the U.S. military doesn't think that's a good idea to do that, uh, for, for Pelosi to make that trip to Taiwan. She'd be the highest-ranking uh, member of the U.S. government to visit Taiwan in many years. Uh, it, it's uh, interesting to see that divide with Biden uh, acknowledging that there is some pushback uh, to Pelosi's plans, but he, he didn't say he is actually actively lobbying against it from happening. Uh, so that that would be clearly the biggest August recess uh, CODEL congressional delegation visit uh, of the year, for sure, if it happens. Now, we know President Biden has another trip on his schedule today. This one, uh, I guess, is focused on a crime fighting initiative. Yes, he's going to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He's got uh, an outline that the White House put out this morning calling essentially for a $35 billion Safer America plan in addition to $2 billion he's requested uh, through the normal funding process. Uh, there are a few things in there. One, there's, he wants to start a $15 billion grant program to hire and train 100,000 police officers. He's going to be talking about that kind of thing uh, in Wilkes-Barre, which is actually represented by Matt Cartwright, uh, a Democrat in the House who faces a competitive re-election uh, campaign, who's also in charge of the subcommittee for funding the Justice Department and uh, police grants. So uh, clearly a bit of a response from the White House to uh, public frustration with crime and dissatisfaction with the Biden administration's response to it. Uh, this is not a piece of legislation with a glide path forward, but it shows the president feels the need to respond to some of that dissatisfaction with more plans uh, in support of police. 
In our last minute here, Jack, there's been so much focus on Capitol Hill on the uh, negotiations over an economic package, but all of a sudden it seems like Democrats are spinning a lot of plates now with an assault weapons ban moving forward, a gay marriage bill, and now this morning uh, a bill to decriminalize marijuana. Yeah, uh, quite a few things that they're trying to fit in before heading out in uh, early August for about a month-long recess. Uh, On the uh, markup of the assault ban weapon, one, that is something that the president might get into today. The Judiciary Committee got that out of committee. It's something very difficult uh, to get on the floor with the very narrow margin that Democrats have on the House floor. Uh, Interesting to see them push that, but they may not end up having enough votes to pass it on the House, let alone the Senate. Uh, the gay marriage one may potentially get 60 votes in the Senate. Uh, we're still amid a whip count to see if they can get 10 Republicans to join in. Uh, it's possible that that could get uh, the requisite 60 votes, uh, it, probably a better chance of that than the assault, uh, assault weapon ban. All right, Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick with us this morning from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C., where you can listen to Bloomberg Radio in the nation's capital. And, of course, you can find more on all these stories we've been talking about on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. S&P futures now down six points. Dow futures down 84. NASDAQ futures a touch higher, up uh, six points now. Ten-year Treasury is down 230 seconds. Yield 3.03% and the yield on the two-year right now. 3.22%. 3.22%. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keen, Jonathan Farrow, Kaylee Lines in for Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams-Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.